Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. For more episodes, go to www.footballpurist.com and you can also find us at iTunes. the opportunity to go joint top of the league with Man City with a win, but it wasn't meant to be. It truly is one of the more boring games in the Premier League this season, as Liverpool found it tough to break down what looked like a 6-3-1 formation that Mourinho sent out at Anfield. There are very few chances, and unfortunately the good ones we had were denied by arguably the best goalkeeper in world football, David De Gea. On this episode of the Talk On podcast, we will be reviewing the Liverpool versus Man U game, giving our seat index ratings, and previewing the West Brom game. Tonight, I'm joined by East Coaster Brian Painter and West Coaster Jeff Hallett. How are you doing tonight, gentlemen? Excellent, man. Excellent. Good to be back. It's been a couple weeks. Some international travels kept How me away. How was visit, but by uh, the way? It was great. Back in Tel Aviv again. It was a great trip. First time uh, being in Tel Aviv over Yom Kippur, which I'll have to tell you about That's at a different time. Intense, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely definitely a, a, an experience. That's for sure. But uh, it's good to be back on, boys. How you doing, Jeff? And I would just go with Lahaim. That's awesome. <laughs> Getting crispy. Got a got a good tan. Eighty two degrees in Southern California. Oh, so very nice. nothing terrible about that. I know there's a bit of a heat wave on the East Coast, but glad to be back. Is there? Yeah, I'm finally getting some some fall weather here in Chicago. It's been really nice, gentlemen. That game was pretty boring. This game, obviously, is the one that everybody circles on their calendar at the beginning of the year usually lives up to its expectation as well. Uh, but in this case, this past weekend, it definitely didn't. So was there ever a movie or an event or a game, a sports event, whatever it may be, that was really hyped up? Maybe it's hyped up every year. Or maybe it was just an individual event that you went to and it really disappointed, just like this weekend did. Painter? Yeah, I took this uh, question. appreciate you sending it over because uh, if I had to do this one cold, I would have really messed it up pretty bad. But... <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you sending it over. So I'm not going to go with a game or an event or anything along those lines. I'm going to go with a, a player and a person. And that player and person has to be Tim Tebow's professional football career. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, two-time Heisman winner. But he won a playoff game. Yeah, he did win a playoff game. That's true. But now uh, he's been relegated to uh, Division One or Division A baseball <laughs> to try and re- revive his professional athletics career. So um, it has to be Tim Tebow for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you know, definitely had an amazing college career and then post college career didn't exactly live up to what everyone thought he was going to be. Anyways, <laughs> didn't Jeff. exactly li- didn't exactly well, live up to it. <laughs> you know, there's. Uh, there's there's been I guess bigger busts than him who have had great college careers I guess you could say but yeah I mean don't get me well, wrong Ryan, Ryan yeah Ryan Leaf is probably um, numero you know, uno there if, yeah sure. exactly or Johnny Manziel let's not forget yeah let's not forget about Johnny Manziel <laughs> talk show anyone <laughs> absolutely by the way uh, Aaron Rodgers right now is currently <laughs> having about the same stats as Johnny Manziel this season he's been pretty poor so me being a Bears fan had to get a little shot get, get, get a little. Uh, Get a little pipe in. So, Jeff, what what about you, man? Is there ever a time where you just went somewhere and you're like, wow, I really thought this was going to be amazing and it turned out to be absolute shit? Yeah, it turns out there is, but I'm not trying to be funny with this one. I'm trying to bolster my hipster cred, if that's even possible at my advanced age. I don't know if it's possible. So, you already, okay, you already are fully there. You're fully there. Fully vested? Yeah. So Glasses and all. For those on this pod, listen to this pod, that remember the name at the drive-in as a band, crazy fun band, God, Scissor, I can't remember their top 40 hit. I know what you're talking about, though. They, they went through a first set of reunion shows. I mean, all the bands do it. They run out of drugs or money. They go back on tour. <laughs> but the guys, for sure, I mean, what made them so interesting is that they were on heroin on stage and going oh, crazy, wow. breaking guitars. and It was a lot of fun. Turns out when they're off the methadone and off the heroin, they're not as exciting. So it was classic <laughs> on stage. It was Coachella, huge audience, and everybody was just kind of meh. Oh, brutal. So, of course, the more recent incarnation, they're amazing. They sound great, but they were weak sauce at the time. 
Absolutely. <laughs> oh, well, that's what happens when you when you stop sticking needles in your arm. <laughs> right. Philip Seymour Hoffman. None of these stories end well, right? It's definitely one of the worst ones that when you when you're expecting a band to be good and you show up and they're just crap, especially because you should probably paid a lot paid a lot of money for them. So and you're locked and you're locked in for two hours yeah, at, exactly, a, at right? a minimum. To and oh yeah, it's terrible. Absolutely. Mine is. I can't believe I stayed locked in for two hours. I was. It was the closest I've ever gotten to leaving a movie walking out suicide squad so i was really pumped on suicide squad as heard on a previous talk on pod yeah i was uh tried to warn everybody if i could to definitely not go and see that movie uh it was pretty upsetting i was really excited to see it and and it just uh did not go well so Joe, for your benefit, man, I haven't, I still have yet to see it based on your recommendation. Good. Yeah, yeah, I remember <laughs> I told you about it a while back. So just gotta, you know, re, let it resurface a little bit and just remind everyone, please don't go see that movie. I mean, it's not out anymore, but just don't even waste your money on on buying it or anything. Anyways, that's over with. Just don't go see Suicide Squad. There you go, gentlemen. Finally, a clean sheet. Finally, zero goals against us this season in the Premier League hasn't happened yet. Uh, it's nice that it happened to Man United, but at the same time, it's not like they were attacking us. It's nice to get that feeling, like Klopp said, you know, yippee at the end, but he was even sarcastic to the point where he even knew, well, I mean, they didn't really invite much, you know, attacking threat towards us. We had 65% possession. I think Man U had their lowest possession since Opta even began doing this, these stats 13 years ago. We had the ball the most of the game, but again doesn't mean you're going to win it how do you guys think we played how do you think Mourinho came to to set up it literally looked like a 6-3-1 like he just it was typical Mourinho tactics so Jeff how do you how do you think you know Mourinho came to play us was there anything we could have done maybe a little bit better to to stick a couple on the back of the net unqualified success for him coming in I mean it's classic Mourinho play and I think it spooked us a little bit in the first half just our play wasn't as clean and matched us touch for touch surprised us a little bit i love how he uses stats like well you say 35 percent possession i sink 42 my guy told me so (laughs) yeah he was refuting the possession it's still shit it's still 42 it's like it's like uh, trump refuting the polls or some nonsense yeah he set up perfectly parked the bus in the midfield Unfortunately, our guys just you know, Sturridge showed that indeed he can't hold the ball, can't hold the ball, had only one touch, I think, in the penalty area in his hour on the pitch. So unfortunately, not a good showing for him. There were some good performances definitely in the back for Liverpool in general. Poor showing. You can't look at that as anything other than a loss, even though we took point, you know, got a point away and. Yeah, it definitely felt like two points lost versus a point gained. I, I definitely agree with that. Painter, what what about you, man? It's he he threw out kind of a, an interesting lineup. Ashley Young making his first start in God knows how long. Uh, right. Yeah. And, you know, throwing big boys out there. Obviously, he was going to play Pogba and Ibra, but you know, Fellaini. Uh, well, he he was always going to do that. I mean, uh, elbows and altitude is basically what he threw onto the pitch, right? Okay. He wanted phys- you know he he wanted physicality. He wanted size. He wanted to hit Liverpool. Fouls were twenty to twenty to fourteen in favor of United. The uh, the yellow cards, which I I thought there should have been more on United, but you know four yellow cards to no yellow cards for for Liverpool. And he was always going to come do that. And I think he's followed the playbook uh, that other teams have come and and tried to disrupt us in the first thirty minutes of a game, where they're pressed really high. They they challenged the back line into kicking the ball long, and in Sturridge's defense, and I and listen, he had a poor game by all by all accounts. But in Sturridge's defense, every time he got the ball, there there was twenty thirty yards of space between him and the next closest Liverpool defender. He also or, only uh, had one player. touch in the box the entire game, and I think like fifteen touches the whole game. So he was barely getting any of the ball. I know because he kept playing it long and playing, which isn't his game, right? He's not an Origi. Or even, you know, to, you know, last year, Benteke, where you're going to hit it long and he's going to hold it up. That's that's not what he's good at. Um, the other thing that kind of surprised me uh, was how high they played Pogba because they haven't played him that high all season. He was essentially up front uh, challenging in the first half hour 
with Zlatan and really putting uh, some of our uh, wing back, uh, our wingers and our uh, fullbacks under pressure, uh, which was making them kick the ball long, which was, you know, they were just collecting, recycling, and bringing it back at us. And then what was really surprising is they completely stopped going forward once they got to the final third, or even the fi- you know, even in the final 20% of the field. They just stopped playing. It looked like they weren't even interested, and they just play the ball, you know, they play it back around, and then just it wouldn't get anybody in the box. I mean, Zlatan, you know, obviously had that chance where he, um, he headed it back across the front of the goal. Uh, he probably should have done better with that, but that was their only real threat. And other than that, I, they they just didn't look interested in, in, in attacking us whatsoever. And I, I thought that was really surprising, not in the sense that, you know, Mourinho did what Mourinho does, but more in the sense that even when they had a good spell of possession, they weren't even interested in going forward and, and challenging on goal. And I know we're going to come on to Karius in, uh, in a little bit. By and large, he hasn't had to do anything. Pretty much um, in anything the way, since he's been. Yeah, in yeah. The, yeah, in the four games he's played, he hasn't had to do anything. And we'll touch more on that in, in a little bit. But, you know, just some stats about um, this is the first – just a, a couple quick stats. This is the first time or the second time in Premier League history – that the sides have finished 0-0. The other time happened in 2005. And, and this is pretty funny. I, th- I think a lot of people think United is, is doing well, a lot better than they were last season. But if you look at the points total from last season to this season when they were under Van Gaal, they had 16 points under Van Gaal after eight games, and now they have 14. So, I think they've actually had you know, a relatively easy schedule, too, to begin the year. Absolutely. And I, but if you look at that, Van Gaal had 16 Mourinho has 14, and Mourinho went out and spent 200 million. So, uh, you know, I don't think you, I don't think they're doing all, as well as everybody thinks, or at least the perception. I just think it's the Mourinho effect. This is uh, this is this game too was kind of significant. This is the only second time that Liverpool had have not scored uh, in 18 Premier League games under Klopp. And funny as it may seem, um, both have been against United. Uh, which is uh, which is surprising. So um, again, there's some De Gea loves to some, show up against us. Yeah, De, yeah. De Gea, uh, De Gea was uh, again. Um, I thought he was really good. Um, we'll probably touch a little bit more on uh, the individual players. And you know, in in first, the other stat I want to throw out about Mourinho because I think this is significant. This is Mourinho's lowest points total after eight league games of a new club in his first stint. Uh, his his lowest points total was 10 under Uno, Uniao de Leria, and I probably screwed that up terribly. But this is his second lowest points total um, of a team he's taken over in their first year. So I don't think Mourinho is doing as good a job as everybody thinks he is, and I, and I, I think they're very vulnerable. Uh, and I, it's a shame we didn't take advantage of it. I agree it's two points lost. Uh, I agree also that the only game that we shouldn't have got three points was was Burnley or was it yeah Burnley yep. and because we should have got three points against Spurs so I think the future is very bright listen a draw doesn't hurt us it takes you know we can continue on our momentum that we've built two points off the top of the table it's just a shame that Mourinho doesn't have the balls to come and play football against us or against any of the top sides. So yeah, and that's something I actually wanted to talk about really quick before we move on from United, was that he goes out and spends all this money, and and I actually think we were quite lucky to play the team that we did with the with the likes of Ashley Young and Fellaini out there. And although Herrera has been playing decent lately, I don't think he's everything that United fans say he is. Uh, you know, Mkhitaryan did not play. Martial did not play. Uh, I think we're Martial pretty- was. Martial was nursing an injury. Right, um, but I think, I'm just saying I think we're lucky that these players didn't play because it seems like we're pretty much fully fit, the exception of Wijnaldum, I would say right now. Just but, Joe, but Joey, just to, on that point, I, I don't think they would have done anything different had, had, different had Martial and McTarrion been You never know because those are the two types of players that can produce that little bit of individual kind of magic you know what I mean where tactics might not necessarily play into it you know they see an opening and they make a run or something like that they're both quick players I think they would have done more damage than the likes of Ashley Young maybe even Rashford who has who had a decent game you know listen either way Mourinho comes sets up the bus and it's just typical and we need to learn how to, to break it down a little bit better yes we had a couple of chances 
De Gea was there to make a nice stop on Chan and then a lovely stop on Coutinho. So it's, it seems like he shows up for these games and he definitely saves them points throughout the season, which is just the difference that it, that it makes having a top-class keeper at, at your club. So we'll go ahead and and talk a little bit about that since since we just brought that up. Uh, a little bit of the Karius versus Mignolet stuff. Brian, like you said, Karius hasn't really had much to do at all since he's been in net. He had a, a decent save on that cross that could have been threatening, I think, to Ibra at the far post. Yep. But, but other than that, I mean, he really hasn't had much to do. Jeff, this is just going to be one of those you know, cases of just, hey, g- g- give him a little bit of time, see what happens. Let's actually see him in action versus everyone freaking out and saying, oh, you know, he's a div, he hasn't been playing well, we need to get Mignolet back in there. I believe when De Gea first started for Man United, he had a couple of stinkers too. I think, I don't remember, it might have been against West Brom. I don't remember what game it was against, but he had, he had a couple of poor uh, goals that he let in at the beginning of his career there. So is it give it time or are you a little worried about maybe he seems confident yet he isn't as confident? You know, he's not really talking the talk after he's been walking the walk. Well, it's undecided at this point. Too early to tell still. Uh, yes, we were in a very public, huge night for the team that he Klopp, he's sticking with his man, and i got to respect that. Can't be going back and forth with keepers. But as you saw, shaky performance with the ball. His distribution was not ideal. And he avoided a catastrophic mistake only via an offside penalty on Ibra, right? I mean, just poor distribution picked up. Could have been a goal could have been the heartbreaker of the match and very lucky to get out of it. So yeah, he leaves a lot to be desired on the pitch. I think that's going to come in time, but you know, he is getting experience and his distribution wasn't in certain moments was terrible and certain others was not bad. At least he was distributing to someone versus his compatriots and on the bench who kicks it out of bounds, <laughs> yeah. kicks it wherever the hell, right? And to your point, he I like how he likes to get things going early, right? Like he, he gets the ball and he immediately looks up. He's not taking his time. He's not one of those keepers who sits on the ball on the ground waiting for everyone to leave. He likes to get the, the play moving. So it's exciting to see that. Something that inter- was interesting to me, I listened to the Under Pressure AI pod. Karius is actually covering 4.7 kilometers per game, which is twice the amount as the average keeper. Minule's 3.2 kilometers, so it's still a little bit above the average keeper, but Karius is covering 1.5 kilometers more than Minule during the game, and it's like, you think, you know, where where does he do this? Where does he make up this ground? Why is he covering so much ground? Well, something that we don't really get to see on TV unless you use the tactical view is that he's a true sweeper keeper, and I think that might be a little bit of the reason why Klopp is continuing to play him right now, is that... When we're dominant on the ball and we're in their final third, Karius is pushed up really, really far. Uh, not as far as Neuer would be, you know, super close to the halfway line, but he's pushed up pretty far, and and it allows our center backs to push up a little bit more forward. I don't know, maybe reading a little bit too far into it, but I think that that might be one of the reasons why Klopp likes him. I don't know, Painter, he he's a little bit more comfortable with his feet than than uh, Mignolet is, so. I think there's just some of these small little things, maybe his reactions off the line and, and not even allowing them to get on the break and maybe breaking things up a little early might be a reason why Klopp's playing him. Uh, listen, I mean, we're four games into the Karius experiment, right? Minule's had four seasons, and arguably right now you can't tell either one of them apart. Listen, I'm, I'm all for Karius um, continuing on. Uh, he's only going to get better. He's four game, Like I said, he's four games into his Liverpool career, He's making a massive step up from where he was last year at Mainz uh, to a major club, uh, playing you know on one of the biggest venues or well-known venues in the world in Anfield. Not only you know, that, he, but this is this is a this was probably the biggest game of his entire career, right? Like this game, hands down, hands down, not even probably close, the biggest yeah. rivalry in all of European football. Some may say El Clasico, but this gets crazy views. This is the game that everybody wants to watch, and. You know, this was the his first real you know game that he's played for as competitive game, uh, in terms of meaning something. So, it, it, well, a lot keep of in mind in too, he's three, he's three years or three three or four years younger than Aminule is too, right? So, right, and I think uh, he maybe four or five. Yeah, I think he's twenty. Yes, yeah, so I mean he's yeah he's so I, I'm fine with keeping Karius in the game. He's only going to get better. 
he's only going to get more comfortable. And there's something to be said with uh, the way Matip has been playing and the way Lovren has been playing, that, the, that, that you keep the three of them together so they learn some communication. Um, you know, we keep, you know, we've been chopping and changing so much at the center half. And we finally got a couple boys there that look like they're form, starting to form a partnership. And to keep switching goalies in and out doesn't make any sense whatsoever. See if they can bring some, get some cohesion together and see if they can put together a run of uh, clean sheets. And then uh, we'll, we'll judge Karius. I'm not judging Karius until. Uh, the end of the season. It's early days, and it's too small of a sample size. I completely right. understand that. Uh, well, another point. So, but yeah, go for it, Joe. Jo- Joey, you just mentioned his coverage on the pitch. So, you know, he's covering a lot more ground than Mignolet. He's also not getting embarrassed, like pulling in a Bravo performance versus that Barcelona. You saw a minute or that? two of that. Yeah, oh like uh, hands all awesome. outside of the penalty area. Come on, like, he's been really brutal for them. Well, he right. passed. He passed it right to Suarez. You're right. He hasn't made one of those. Massive gaps, although he did put in his, uh, his best effort and tried to do that against United, but he was fortunately saved by yeah, that lucky. offside. So. And, and lucky counts. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think we're all in agreement that, listen, he's the number one keeper for a reason. Uh, he's going to continue to do that until he really, you know, unless there was a significant mess up or something were to happen or an injury of those sorts. I think Mignolet has been taking it pretty well. He's continuing to, to make social media posts, but at least he's got positive, a positive spirit. And, and listen, you know, he'll play in the cup games. I'm really, I'm okay with where our goalkeeper situation is at the moment. Minulate to be the next Jose Enrique of social media for us. <laughs> oh, uh, that would be pretty brutal. Anyways, uh, I, I wanted to, really random question I actually had is that we were talking about kind of how boring this game was. Guys, we had zero yellow cards, and I know ideally that's what you would like in terms of discipline, but in a game like this, when I look at the box score and see that we had zero yellow cards and Man United had a four, it just lets me know maybe a little bit about the game. Yes, they had 20 fouls and and we had 14, and, and maybe a little bit had to do with the ref, and he was letting a lot go, but it just it didn't seem like a normal, a typical clash between the two teams that we've been used to right there it didn't seem like anybody was no one was really getting stuck in it felt like there was no drama there was no you know it just didn't feel like a typical man united no well it did from united's point they were coming and standing on our toes and getting stuck in and they they intentionally came out you could tell in the first 20 minutes and they wanted to make sure that liverpool knew they were there and we didn't match that, and that was kind of disappointing. I figured. Well, I think that's why we were better well. in the second half too, is because yes, they came out and they pressed us actually pretty well the first thirty, thirty-five minutes, but they ran out of gas, and that's why we had the better second half. So, you know, their fitness levels weren't up to it. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. There was, I don't know if you guys felt that way at all, Painter. I know you did, but Jeff, it just it seemed a little different to me. No. Well. It- we're not talking about the defense. So our offensive woes are well understood at this point. And, you know, Carrie is a little nervous in the back, but Lovren didn't have a terrible game. Uh, Mati, usual cool customer back there, continued to show his quality, could be the signing of this past summer. Uh, Mane's up there, of course, didn't really show in this game, but still. Yeah, Mane. Klein, had, Klein sorry, was solid. I mean, it, no, it was just Klein was solid. Millie was, you know, all world up and down the pitch. So it's a lot of good things to say about the defending, the lack of cards. Yes, we didn't press it early, but played a pretty clean game back there. Yeah, I think part of the reason why it may have looked that way as well, and I agree with you, but Mourinho's tactics, it seemed like as I was watching, it was it was kind of like they didn't even press Lovren at all. They're just like, all right, he's going to make the, the least impact on the team right now. He's not going to do much. Give him the ball. And it just seemed like whenever Lovren got the ball, he had a lot of time on it. Whenever they did press him... The, I think Karius, or sorry, Lovren had the most touches out of anyone on the entire team for Liverpool. So he, he had the ball at his feet a lot, and I think they allowed him to do that. And I think that was part of Mourinho's tactics. And so there's a lot of passing between him and Karius and then him and Matip. So I think that just contributed we to the We weren't exposed in the air via Ibra. Right. So there's that. Yeah, I mean, listen, we, we didn't do a terrible job. Ibra should have scored on that one chance he had at the far post from the cross from Pogba. But we also should have probably capitalize on a couple of chances that we had. Listen, we, we, we played well defensively, but they also didn't really go at us offensively to, exactly. to really so put us under any press. Exactly, so it's kind of hard to judge 
right. how well we did defensively because really they didn't do much offensively at all. So yeah, the thing that, but the thing that you know, back to your original question, Joey, the thing that pissed me off was the fact that we didn't come and get stuck in. We didn't leave a foot in on a tackle. We didn't, we didn't make our, we didn't announce our presence with authority. If that, sure. <laughs> if that makes sense. And anytime I've played competitively over over the years and we're playing our biggest rivals, you want them to know you're you're here to mean business and, and getting stuck in and being physical on the onset to set the tone. Uh, Man United did that. Liverpool didn't. And I was a little disappointed in that in, in the fact that we didn't. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, another player I wanted to talk about, guys, was Philippe Coutinho. Uh, didn't have a terrible game, so there's there's not too much to say about him except for the fact that he is now pushed into this deeper role Wijnaldum is injured so now he has fallen back and into that spot that we actually all wanted to see him in I know that I think pretty much all of us wanted to see him fall back into that kind of number six role uh, a little bit uh, where he can create a little bit more have a little bit more ahead of him but it seems like he's more comfortable actually in that left kind of wing position and when Firmino's up top, they seem to click a little bit more. So that brings me into the kind of two-part discussion in terms of, A, do we want to see Coutinho back in the midfield still? Or do we want to see him pushed up into his, nat- I guess you could say, more natural position, even though he plays both very well? And then that would probably mean that Sturridge gets left out. So that's the second part of it is that now Sturridge didn't have... A- a large opportunity to kind of prove himself this game. Like I had mentioned, he only had one touch in the box, not many touches at all throughout the game, but a lot, you know, it's, it's tough. It's just easy. I think it's easier to see that Firmino, we, we kind of click better when Firmino is up top and we tend to flow a little bit better. So I want to know from you guys, you know, first of all, where do you want to see Coutinho? Do you want to see him up in, in the left sort of winger position, attacking position or do you want to see him kind of where he's been at and maybe it's just the first game, kind of let him get into the groove of things back there? And then, you know, if if you do want to see him up there, does that mean Sturridge is out for you, Painter? Um, it's a tough call because he, he's just such a good player. And I, I, I think he – I think – He's even said that his best position is on the left yeah, wing he's, side. Yeah, he's gone out and said that for sure in an interview before. Um, and it seems like we just interchange so much better when, you know, Bobby's on the pitch and Mane and Lalana, and I, I just get the sense that Danny, this isn't his, his style of football. I think Dan, Danny Boy needs um, somebody sitting along with him uh, as a part, strike partner. When he had Suarez, they were absolutely lights out. And every time we've tried to play him as a single, he, he is hit or miss. And when we brought a Lilan on, it absolutely changed the game. And we were magic again. We were cutting him open. We were getting shots. Uh, we, we were on the ball. We were moving quickly. And with Danny, we, we just didn't do any of that. So for me... I think he dropped Sturridge out right now because we just look so much more fluid with with Coutinho, Mane, and Firmino up top with Alana sitting in behind. I also think the other big miss was uh, Wijnaldum. I think you can you can see what he brings to the team now that you saw Chan in the similar role. So, um, yeah, you know, we'll, go ahead, I added, we'll go ahead and talk about that well, in just a little bit for sure. We'll talk. We'll, but we'll I, but, but I, midfield roles. Yeah, but I do think to your point or to your question, Joey, uh, putting uh, Coutinho back out on the left and bu- putting Bobby up in the false nine is uh, and dropping Sturridge to the bench, I think, is the way forward. Yeah, and Jeff, I mean, listen, having Sturridge off the bench is an asset that, you know, there, there's very few teams that can have someone of his quality off the bench come in and really make a difference. It, it's nice to be able to bring someone in like that. And he, and he brings something different, right? He brings that pace and that speed and that finishing ability. It's it's almost mad to think that Sturridge should not be in the team, given not just his numbers, but what we've seen him do with our eyes. You know, I, we've watched how good he's been, but so far this season, it's it just it is what it is. We play better with Bobby Firmino up top and Sturridge not in the team. Is that something that you want to go back to seeing, or do you still think that you know there is a way for him to still be up top and that would you know that would probably mean Coutinho pushing back a little bit because Bobby and Coutinho need to be in the team and I think we agree Mane those three need to be in the team for sure at the moment so 
How do you feel about the, the top four and does Sturge fit into those plans for you? I believe in Klopp, just like the rest of the cop. Like Politically correct. He, 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 yeah, well, politically correct or not, it's working. <laughs> How many goals do we have this season? This is a Luna point without a recognized striker up front. I mean, that says the days of depending on Sturridge and his fitness to be ready to, to, to perform on the pitch or behind us. I, I, no one wants a world-class striker of his quality to be sitting on the bench, but if he can't play in the system, it's just another Benteke case. And love the guy, but I prefer Coutinho further up. I like his one-two with running around my place just singing I Dream a Genie. Like, I want Heat and Genie paired up and link up play in the game even sitting back Coutinho was uh, was strong with Firmino I like what they're doing up front and unfortunately Sturridge has proven he can't do it it's not his game won't play that way for Klopp I, I hope that changes but at this point it's not yeah exactly and it's kind of at that point where we really do hope it changes because just knowing what he does I really want to see him at his best in this team and watching him play this past game he he gets frustrated and he wants to come towards the ball. And so he, he gets out of his natural number nine position a lot and will come back and get the ball. Now there is an instance actually on Chon's goal where uh, Sturridge came out and he brought with him daily blend, which actually ended up leaving that huge space when Chon went in there for that left footed shot. Eventually that De Gea saved. He, he is still trying to make good movement in the final third. It's it's kind of it's just tough. I, I really want him to do well. I know he's trying hard, but it just doesn't seem to work out right now. So hopefully things will get better. It's just something I wanted to hear what you guys had to say. And it's a tremendous point, though. He's still drawing defenders. I mean, he's, he's trying. A you know, he, you can see him trying, uh, and I think he's getting a little frustrated, not getting a lot of touches as any striker would. It, it, it's it's tough to watch when you know we we clearly play better with him not in the team. Uh, anyways, and, I guess. Go ahead. Obviously, we play better. Sorry, uh, play better with Mane having more control up front, and he he was essentially muted. Absolutely, I and he actually had a pretty bad game. Uh, was, I, I would say that's probably the the, the poorest he's ever played for us that that I've seen. True. Um, kept losing the ball a lot. It just wasn't a typically Mane type performance. So, or a typical Mane type performance. So, you know, hopefully we'll get, we'll see a little bit more. I think Jose did a, a good job of kind of shutting him, him down as well. I thought, you know, I did think Mane would match up well against Blend. I thought that would be actually an advantage of ours going into this game with his sheer pace, but that was not the case. So we could go into Mane, but I think we're all in agreement that he didn't show up. Uh, it was really he, was, he wasn't Mane, as it yeah, were. Yeah, I mean, and we could have really, really used <laughs> him that game. <laughs> Uh, he wasn't cash money exactly. Yeah, but one of the one thing on Mane that I didn't see this game, and I didn't see, um, and, and we haven't seen it a few times. He's starting to step on the ball and just hold it and not go hell for leather down the flank and take people on. When he was, you know, if you go back to the Arsenal game where he absolutely skidded two defenders and tucked it inside and then put it in the upper corner against Czech. I mean, he was doing that all game um, against Arsenal. I haven't seen him really taking on men anymore and, and trying to beat people down the line for pace. And I don't know if that's something that the, that the opposing teams are just saying, hey, listen, just don't let this guy beat you down the line. Let him hold, touch the ball and handle it in the midfield, but don't let him get don't get done for pace. But I, I really hope he gets back to, you know, well, I think part of that painter is that we haven't really had, and we didn't that game have a chance to really counterattack because of how many men they had behind the ball. So, in, and especially we might see that next week. We'll talk a little bit and a little bit about it at West Brom. Is we're going to see all these these players behind the ball, and and Monty's really good at counterattacking, right? Using that pace, creating sm you know smart runs. So it's tough when you when you go up against these teams and Klopp can't really have his style be as enforced as it normally would because these other teams don't want to play football and they actually just want to come and sit back. So we all agree Monty didn't have the best game. Hopefully he'll step it up in the future. Again, everybody gets a couple. Uh, he's been really good for us this season, so no one's really bashing him right now. But we, hopefully he can come, come up big for us next week against West Brom. Uh, I did want to go ahead and talk, though, about the injury to Wijnaldum. I know we, we can talk a little bit about Lana as well, because when he came into the game, uh, when Sturridge got substituted, things did look a little bit more smooth and fluid. But let's just go ahead and talk about Wijnaldum in the midfield three. We've had a lot of discussions about this, but it's an ongoing conversation because of just 
players coming back from fitness, uh, chemistry, you know, figuring things out in the midfield. I, for one, I don't think Chan should be playing in Wijnaldum's position. I think Chan should be playing in the deepest lying role. And he did a little bit of that this game, but it was back and forth with him and Jordan Henderson doing that. Um, I think Jordan Henderson should play on the right side, and it should be either him and Lalana starting, like flipping out for a spot. I think, you know, I understand why a lot of people might not want Chan to play. He didn't have the greatest first half, but I thought he was one of our better. I thought he was one of our better players second half, and he ended up having like the most touches that we had in the final third, the most passes in the final third. He created a good chance with that nifty footwork. Chan's the type of player that when he comes back from an injury, he needs game time. He it takes him a little while for him to get match fit. And yes, that's evidence. And no, that's not a good trait. But at the same time, I think him in that deep-lying midfield role is where he belongs. And Wijnaldum should be up into his left. So the reasoning for that for me a little bit is that we miss a lot of Wijnaldum's one-touch passing. It's something that we haven't really talked a lot about because... It's almost like uh, in, in any sport, right? If, if it's a team sport and you don't mention one of the players' names, it doesn't mean that they had a terrible game. It just means that they kind of did their job, right? And he's that type of player on our team that I see who just continues to do his job. He's not very fancy, but he gets things done. And something we really missed this game was his one-touch passing and his chemistry with Coutinho and whoever else. So uh, do, you guys, do you guys now see, you know, is it is it – are you in agreement with me maybe that he means more to our team than previously we thought and that he needs to be in the starting 11 no matter what, Jeff? It, Genie comes back. I, I don't think he'll be in the starting 11. He, clearly he needs more time on the pitch and post-Euros, post-injury, needs more time. So, you know, he did get better as the game went on. You know, one of the two clear chances that we had other than Coutinho's almost goal, if not for world-class goalkeeper knocking it out of the corner he was one of the two in the six-yard box actually a threat and it was another fine save from De Gea so there's plenty of potential there he just needs more time betting in it's the unfortunate fact yeah do you see Wijnaldum starting when he comes back I mean even if Chan stays in the team that would mean you know you push either Coutinho up and take Sturridge out and that would also mean you know it's Henderson and Lalana maybe for that right spot or do you want to go back to the original what we had with Hendo lying deep, Lalana the right, and Wynald on the left. Now, I know that worked very well. I think it's just yeah. a matter of do you want Chan in the team or not? It's a question of fitness. Uh, don't know the extent still of Wijnaldum's injury. Maybe you got some updates on that. but Well, let's just say it, everyone's healthy now. Let's just say everyone's, everyone's healthy. Everyone's healthy, yeah. ba- back to the former role. I mean, okay. the, uh, the pace of goal scoring was unprecedented with Liverpool in you know, the first six games, seven games that he was performing. So why would you change that? Right, if it, if, if, it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I know we've talked about that before. Painter, I think a large reason of that is because Emre, while he is nifty and he is quick, he, he doesn't turn as fast as someone like a Henderson maybe in that deep-lying role. But to be honest, I'm more impressed with his ability to go forward, or at least he's a little bit more forward-thinking than Henderson. And while it's nice that Henderson breaks things up, the past couple of games, he's seemed like he's been a little bit more sideways passing to me. And now I know he gets touches and, he, and he's an efficient passer. But it seems like we needed a little bit more attacking threat or at least thought, you know, from his passes into that role. I remember when Chan came in, he made that pass that Sturridge almost got uh, on the end of, which was just a lovely, I think, you know, 40-yard pinger. So I, I'm still okay with Henderson and the team, right? But... I feel like Henderson needs to be maybe unshackled a little bit so he has the ability to run forward and maybe get that pure defensive thinking out of his head where have the you know the freedom to move forward and and Chan while he is forward thinking still is 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 a little defensive minded as well so I I can guess you'll probably want to go back to the original team if everyone's fit but I mean do you see Chan maybe staking a claim for one of those three spots in the next couple of weeks here officially I don't. I, I don't see how he gets back in the side if Wijnaldum's healthy. Wijnaldum, he's a quick one-two passer. He keeps us ticking over. Uh, like you said, he does all the, the, the quiet stuff that nobody really well, I agree really with you really about. quick about the Wijnaldum position. I don't think Chan should be playing in that position, right? But I think he should be playing in the defensive kind of role. So... Just, like, I, I, it would be for I, I just, probably I, Henderson I then, you know? Yeah, no, Henderson's... Henderson's been our best player. He was our best player on the pitch 
against United, arguably. He got so, stuck in a little bit. I mean, he, his defensive <clears throat> qualities were, were pretty pretty sound and pretty solid. I think, and listen, this isn't bashing against Henderson. I think I'm just a little frustrated in the sense that he, I've seen him be a forward-thinking player and, and make these progressive movements and passes, and it just, I know it might be Klopp telling him this, but it just seems like he's so restricted and, and just moves side to side and backwards a lot. I hate backwards passes constantly, and it seems like he so, does that more than Chon. Yeah, so Chon, in my opinion, is going to need a couple, to Jeff's point, is going to need a couple games to get going again. Sure, I he's agree just with that. that yeah. Type, yeah, he's just that type of player. And I, and right now, we just don't have the games um, to, to spare. If Wijnaldum's if healthy, you keep Wijnaldum and Henderson exactly how they are. It's been working. They've been lights out. Jordan Henderson's playing some of the best football he's played in two in two or three years. I don't think you bring Sean back in. And and I don't think Sean's going to be a deep-lying midfielder like Jordan is starting to uh, make that position his own. So it's, it's tough to see where he gets game time over over those three. And keep uh, I keep an all them in, and you could see what he meant to the team, you know, just the way he holds the ball. The other thing is, is Sean takes three, four touches as opposed to Jeannie, who can move it around one, two, you know, one, one or two touches. Yeah, he's so, a quick mover, and I completely understand and agree with that. I think... I don't know. I guess it's, just tough, it's a tough call. It's yeah. a tough call because we love Jean. Everybody loves Jean and want him to be like massively successful. I mean, he came in and absolutely was the ran the show against Villarreal. Hey, Peter, I want to hear your opinion on this, maybe then, because yeah. something with Sean since he's come in is his versatility has almost been a downfall for him. He played center back. He's played left back. He's played right back. He's played you know all over the midfield. And I think mainly it's just I want him to come into the team, get a run of games in a set position, and really make that his own position. I know it's nice that everyone can be able to move around and it's interchanging. And yes, I know that Klopp wants to do that, and that's great. But if he keeps doing that and fills in for other people and never really establishes his role, it'll just kind of be like the what-if situation. Like he never, got a, You know what I mean? And I just, I just no, want to I see think... him get a chance at least... You know, Henderson's listen, Henderson doesn't deserve to lose his place. He's been excellent in that role. I'm a little bit of a Sean Homer, but at the same time I just I wanna see maybe, you know, Henderson move up and be advanced and then you know, I don't know. It's it's listen, we can talk all day about this, but I, I just I'm yeah, hoping that his I, versatility doesn't kind of ruin him, you know? yeah, no, I think I think I think he's gonna be a very important player for us long term. I think right now he's coming back off of injury. He's been out for a long time. I just think he looked he looked off the pace again in any of his sub appearances. Back for sure, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I just I, I I don't see him getting in the side until he gets more minutes and more game time and really starts to find his fitness, find pick up the pace at what this Liverpool team plays at, because I don't think even last year they were nowhere near as quick with the passing and the movement that they are this year, right? So yeah. Well, what's crazy is I mean we've. And it's it's early days still, but we've played a decent amount of games to be able to hopefully know what our starting eleven is going to be like when fully fit, and we sort of do, but we also sort of don't. So it's it's kind of nice, somewhat knowing that we have all these players that can play these roles. But I, I also would like to know what Klopp's thinking, and you know he puts Carius in right when he returns from injury. And that's his guy. Does he feel the yeah, same that's way with Tron? You never know. But that's a goalkeeper, though, right? I mean, that's a little but you way never different know. position. Does he, does he feel that way with Tron? You know, you never know. Like, I guess, yeah. you know, we won't know until probably in the next three to four weeks if if Tron plays these next three to four games. And we can probably assume that if everybody's fit, then that's, you know, he just sees him in his team. I mean, you, we won't know for you, another little while. Yeah, but you got to – the other the only thing I'll close on with Jean in more of a macro point of view – our bench is for the first time has quality all over it. I mean, Danny Ings can't get in to the 18, this, you know, the 18 in the bench uh, for Liverpool. And he'd probably start for, I would argue 12 of the, and maybe even 14 of the, uh, the, the other premier league teams out there uh, as a striker. So the fact that our bench is so deep and, and there's quality all around uh, says a lot. And it's going to take a lot of, top performances for the folks that aren't in the side if they keep playing like this Healthy to get in the side. Healthy competition is a good thing. 
So I'm I'm all for it, and I but I just think Genie right now ticks us over much much more effectively than John. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. He his play is it's kind of essential to the, how we do things right now. So, gentlemen, good talk on on United. Uh, we obviously should have done a little bit better. It kind of feels like two points lost than one gained, but you know I guess if you take a silver lining out of it, you have the clean sheet, and you also have. Listen, we've only lost one game in the Premier League this season, which was kind of a hoax, seeing as how many chances and possession we had in that game. Really, it still sort of feels like, not that we're on top, because in the table we're not, we had the chance to become that, but we've held our own and beaten some some good teams in the Premier League this season, so long may it continue, and, and hopefully we'll see a little bit of improvement as well, breaking down tough teams, which we'll talk about in just after the seed index about West Brom, because they're going to sit back, but... Let's go ahead and get into our seed index real quick, guys. I need a positive and negative seed index from you guys. What got you out of your seat this past week? What, uh, and, and then what got you just kind of slouching and leaning back in it? Jeff? Positive seed index was Klopp's 40 time going to the changing room at half, given how the first half <laughs> unfolded. Of course, we had yeah, limited results coming away from it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was a tie um, with uh, the entrance of Adam Lana at the half. Uh, never thought I'd say it before, but he attacked. You know, his his attacking up front sorely missed. He and Genie, full stop. Negative. It was the boots of the players in the first half. Number of slips from Sturridge, Mane on the pitch. You know, spikes could obviously improve. And Ander Herrera with all of his South American dives and uh, other uh, chit chat. You think with so, but he's actually a Spaniard. I understand, but inspired by. That's <laughs> inspired <all>. by. <laughs> there you go. They go oh, down. I should go down too. We both speak Spanish. Fine. <laughs> exactly. No, 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 comprendo. <laughs> uh, yeah. What, what about you, painter? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with a negative and end with a positive because that's just the type of person I am. So my negative had to be Mourinho parking the bus again. It says a lot when you go to your biggest rival and the United way was has always been playing football. And he has made them right back to dull and boring. I don't know if it's any improvement over Van Gaal, to be honest. And, and, and by the points total, it's not. So my negative seed index has to go to... Mourinho, because I hate his guts for one and two, because he's such a wuss when when he comes to play a team like Liverpool and sits in and plays uh, shitty football. So Mourinho for sure. Um, a jab against Liverpool at the end of the <clears> game there too, saying like, "Oh, there's you." Everyone's saying they're so special. I don't see that. It's like, well, yeah, you put that many people behind. You know, you you park the bus like that, then any team's gonna have trouble breaking you. Park the bus like a lower table side, despite right. the spend on that pitch. Are you kidding? I know it really is crazy to think about that. He, they have spent that much money and have that type of quality, and they, like, we don't have a terrible squad, and you know, but there are other teams like Chelsea who have paid a lot of money for these big players that we would take some of them and put them right into our starting eleven. Could you imagine if a person like Pochettino or Klopp had? spend and these types of quality players and, and getting them working for you. I mean, it's just, it's almost sad to see, like obviously not because it's United and that's okay with me, but just to see these players just want money and, and have it go to waste, right? Like they'll, they'll just go take the paycheck instead of really being able to showcase their ability. And that's just kind of a sad thing for me to see. Well, you won't see it in Europe. They're playing a little Europa League action, but Fenerbahce today with Skirtle, funny mask. Wow. <laughs> Uh, they're not going to do that versus Bayern Munich or, you know, if they get sort of uh, upper tier ties in their future. Let's hope they don't. Yeah, I mean, that was the first time that I, I thought I saw Pogba kind of unshackled in terms of where he played in that team, especially because yeah. Rooney was taken out. And, you know, I couldn't believe that that uh, Mourinho was playing him the past couple of games in the center midfield. Yes, he can play very well there, but... He needs to be able to attack a little bit more, and him and Zlatan up there was. You know, I'm surprised they didn't put one in on us, obviously because they now have a, a possession and, and opportunities to do so. But we'll we'll see. Is Mourinho just going to continue with this and kind of scrape points where he can continue to be Mourinho that he is, or will he at least let that team attack a little bit more? And we didn't have to face Juan Mata, which was very lucky for us as well because he's been informed. So yeah, and then we'll, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the positive, um, since Mourinho's derailed us just like he derailed our, our attack at the week, uh, at Monday night. But on the positive, I had to agree with Jeff on the Lana. He took mine, but I will, uh, 
I will back that up and uh, I will say that uh, Bobby Firmino continues to be class every time he steps on the pitch. He lo- he's looking to me like a player that's coming into his own, kind of like Suarez did over time. And I'm not trying to compare Firmino to Suarez by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying that foreign players, man, it takes time yeah. to adjust. I mean, I mean that last season kind of looked like Suarez's first season at Liverpool. This season kind of looks like he's taken another step forward, and he's about the same age as Suarez was when in Suarez's first two seasons. So, I think uh, Firmino's get well, he, he continues he to impress me. Yeah, he's the good type of South American play to him, where he just works his socks off and he'll never give up, both offensively and defensively. I mean. Case in point, this game, like, put in a hell of a job, got nothing for it, unfortunately. Exactly, Jeff. I mean, he put in a great shift today. He works his socks off. He hustles for the team. He's he's our first line of pressing, and he has so many good revenge tackles, too, where he'll just go win the ball back. So it's a fair shout. I mean, Firmino's been very solid for us this season. My positive, I would say it's a clean sheet, but it's, it's just hard because we weren't going up against much, so... I'd say my positive was when I saw their team sheet. I was like, what? We're not playing Juan Mata, Mkhitaryan, or Martial? So that was, honestly, like, it, it may not have made a difference because of his tactics, like you said. But, I mean, I would much rather not play those three players than play, like, what we, we went up against Ashley Young and we went up against Herrera and Fellaini. I'd, I'd much rather play those types of players than, than the likes of Mkhitaryan, Martial, you know, yeah, true. Or, or who is it? Or Juan Mata. So that would be my positive. And my negative is just how anticlimactic this game was. We had discussed it already in this pod, but just a game of this magnitude, I was really disappointed watching it. It was boring, and I never, I never thought I would see a, a game between these two teams that would be boring. But it just was. Yeah. So, Agreed. Um, there's a seed index. Thank you guys for letting me know yours. Go ahead and move on to a quick preview of the West Brom game. So we drew them twice last season. Going up in, against Tony Poulos, that bastard. He's going to be tough to break down, guys. It's, it's, it's gonna, the tactics are going to be probably really similar. And they have a couple of guys who are a threat. Chadley's already put in four goals, and he's had two assists in the Premier League this season, including one last game against Spurs in which they tied. And then Solomon Rondon is always a threat up there for them. He has three goals so far in the Premier League. So, yep. it's yes, it's a mid-table team, maybe even a little bit towards the lower end of the table. But the way they're set up, and they might you know they might only need a couple of chances to, to put it away. So, how do you guys think we're going to have to to go against them, and, and how do you think we'll be able to beat them, Jeff? Well, head-to-head, five wins for LFC, four draws, and that includes our last three. So it wasn't just last year, it was the year before. Four losses versus Brom. Our last win was October, a couple of years back. So was it really? Yeah, it really was that long ago. And the one thing that makes me happy, we're at Anfield. We're not on the road, so that's good. Right. But one, Baggies only have one Premier League win in their last 10 so that makes me feel good um, against West Ham I think they beat them what 4-2 that game so they yeah you know, they can right. score right yeah. they, they can actually put a hapless West there. Ham with all of their issues right I can't believe uh, how bad they've been this year uh, yeah, sorry Nick terrible. but yeah I mean he wouldn't even he and his brother would acknowledge as much but yeah. it, Liverpool has picked up this is the season for this right we pick up more points level with Everton at six from lower table sides so that makes me feel good as well Pulis is unbeaten in the last eight Premier League games versus LFC, six of which being draws. So it's like it's almost like the tea leaves are suggesting draw in this one. But and Jeff, just to add on to that, sure. <clears throat> Tony Pulis, stat, he has only lost 25% of the matches he has played against Liverpool all time for all clubs. So he's he's a manager that has our number. I mean, 25%, and he's only managing bottom half lower side teams so to only come to come away with the fact that he's only lost 25 percent of the matches he's ever faced liverpool is a crazy stat right uh, i was really surprised to see that to your point and i think the boys you know the silver lining in all this i think given the performance that i don't think any of anyone on that team including klopp was necessarily proud of from an attack standpoint i 
they're at home, they're in front of their fans. I think they're going to show up a little bit more than they did. And plus you've got, you don't exactly have Pogba level talent in the midfield. So I, I feel good for at least maybe a single goal win in this one. Yeah, you've got Jakob in the middle who actually is, he's been kind of a thorn in our side ever since we've played him. He's a tough tackler and he, he likes to get stuck. He's in played well. Sure. Yeah, he, yeah, he has against us. So, uh, Painter, is there anyone else maybe besides Rondon or Chadley that, that you think we might have to look out for? I mean, their keeper, Foster, is pretty solid. Uh, yep. is, is there anyone else maybe in, in the team that uh, you noticed? Yeah, Tony Pulis. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just seems every time we face Tony Pulis, we get Pulis. That makes sense. He's just he's just a pain in the ass to play against, and he's in his little track suit with his little hat on. I just He just drives me nuts, and we always seem to uh, hit a speed bump when, when we come to face him and his team. So the one good thing I will say is that we, we played, Mourinho played a Tony Pulis style of game. I mean, he did it with a lot better players. So when we come up against West Brom this weekend, he's going to see it. We're going to see a similar style that Mourinho put out against us, except with, or not as good to players. So that's, that's potentially helpful. I do think it's going to be a tight match. I am worried about Rondon. He runs his socks off up and down, up and down that forward line. He holds the ball up well. Chadley is the little bit of stardust in that team. They finally got a player that has a little bit of quality, a little bit of touch and pace and a little bit of quality, which is voted uh, well for them uh, from an attacking sense. So I think it's going to be a tough game. They always are against a Pulis side. Uh, I agree with Jeff. I think it's going to be tight. I do, I do think, though, that we are going to come out guns a blazing because i think klopp was absolutely pissed off and and some of his actions and comments would would suggest that he was i just think he's going to have these guys so fired up to come out and absolutely wipe west brom off the field now that said i do think pulis has a way of setting up his team against us he has obviously with the stats we mentioned so I think they'll cancel each other out, and I do, but I do think we get the win. But I do think it's going to be a tight. Wasn't this the game match. last year where Klopp celebrated the draw? Wasn't this the one where he like went to the fans and got everyone up? It was. I can't West remember. Brom, right? I think it might have been. Yeah, yeah. West uh, Brom, West Brom at home. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember. But. So that'll be an interesting uh, time to see their their away fans actually, and, and see if they give a little stick to Klopp. But I, I think this was the game where we, we did celebrate that draw, the late the late uh, tying goal, and Klopp kind of went to the crowd. So. Again, like you just talked about, it's going to be tough to break them down. I do agree with you, though. I think we're going to come out guns ablaze, and I think Lallana's really, back, right? Yeah, you know, think, he'll play. He'll play a full ninety minutes, and well, Genie should be healthy too. So Genie's back in training, so yeah. he's, he's been trained in one hundred percent. So in training, that means he will actually see the pitch. Yep. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, hopefully, everyone will stay fit. I think for the you know, hopefully for the next month, I, I really want to see. When everyone is fit, a consistent the que- the, squad. The question is, is whether out. Surge. Yeah, the question is whether Surge starts or not. And yeah, I, don't I think, think he he's may get dropped. Start. Yeah, I, th- I think he may get dropped. It's um, it's interesting. I mean, it, it's funny because this is the type of game actually where you think you might need him if they're going to sit back. You kind of need that little moment of individual magic and and that finishing ability that he can provide with just very few chances. But at the same time, if you want to play the way that we do. It just flows a little bit better without him. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's, it's can't stand Pulis. Hope we really smash him. Guys, I need some score predictions for you, Painter. <laughs> Will you score or not tonight? Yeah, depends. <laughs> the verdict is still out, but I'm going to go with probably not. <laughs> if I had to put money on it. I, you know, I think it's going to be a tight match. I think they're going to come out exactly the way these other teams have. They're going to press us high for 30 30 odd minutes and see if they can nick one and then go into a defensive shell. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a tough match. I think we end up winning at three, one. I do think it's going to be tight for about 70 minutes. And then we're going to, then we're going to just, uh, get a couple late ones on, uh, after our fitness shines through. So I'm going three, one Liverpool. All right. Well, hopefully that's the case. What about you, Jeff? Always optimistic, Painter. like that about you. So first half, I think it's going to be another showing, as we saw with Man United. First half, we're going to spend trying to figure out the attack and figuring out how to break it down. Second half, we'll get an early goal, and I'm hoping that that's a continual goal. And then... I'm calling a penalty. Hey, Milner will, like will win it for us. Millie, Millie. Yep, 
and really in, in so doing, takes him, will, will lead the goal scorer for the team. Yeah, and with five. I like it. I got to I got to pick Milner up on my fantasy team. That's that's the know, that's right? the shout that, that's the shout of the the shout of the week. Um, he's going to get more penalty chances. He's going to get the odd assist. He's a good fantasy pickup. So extra tip from uh, from the talk on pod this week. Pick Milner up for your fantasy team. <laughs> there you go. I, I kind of agree with you guys. It depends. It's either I think it's either going to be a 1-0 win if uh, if we score late. But I think if we can get on them and pounce on them early, you know, maybe put one past them within the first 20 minutes, they'll have to open up a little bit, and that's when we play our best football. So I think if, if we give them the luxury of being able to sit back most of the game, it's going to be tough for us. But whenever we score against teams early, we tend to uh, put a couple on. So I'm going to go with, I'm go with 3-1, and uh, hopefully it turns out that way. Gentlemen, Excellent, yeah. Good to talk to you as always. Glad to have good you to back talk to on. You. Good to talk to you, Joe. Always good. I'm excited to be back after two weeks of out, yeah, being it's, out. It's been a minute. And uh, big shout-out to Jeff last week, doing great, hosting the pod. So thank you, That's... Jeff, for, for last week and for the other guys getting on. Uh, of course. My, Chase, my favorite so. pod, my favorite my favorite subject, my favorite side. So two and, 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 Jeff, you can say we. Um, yes, um, I can. <laughs> Nosotros allowed on this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, well, well, well done, gents. We'll, we'll talk soon, obviously, and, and until next week, talk on. Talk on, boys. Later, guys.